are listening to the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network. You cannot counter-program the love, the genuine feeling, the damn revolution that is all elite wrestling! This is one with the undercard, All Elite Edition. What's going on, Pip Squeaks? It's week 14 here with Wonder with the Undercard, and now proudly sponsored by Hold Fast Coffee Company. Make sure you go to holdfastcoffeeco.com. Use that promo code HEELTURN20 and get 20% off at anything on the store. And with that being said, I am flagged once again by my broadcast colleague, Silky Jay Johnson. What's going on, Jay? Lance, it's great to be here. We are up burning the midnight oil here early on a Friday so that we can bring you the best in all elite wrestling. You got that and right. And even the worst in all elite wrestling. Yes. I mean, there was a little bit of both tonight. Uh, me and me and Jay actually went through and watched this episode together, side by side as partners should. And, uh, yep, so we got through it. But, uh, but as always, we, we like to start these episodes with the ratings. But, again, it's not running concurrently with, with NXT. NXT did have a strong number on Wednesday night, uh, about 850,000. I think this AEW will probably do around the same number. Uh, last week on uh, Saturday Night Dynamite, which we brought you a review of, of course, uh, AEW actually did pretty well in the ratings, 730,000. Uh, but... That key demo, they always talk about the 18 to 34. They were fifth on the night where NXT had a higher rating for the week, but they were lower in the 18 to 34 demographic, Jay. That's that's really that's a very loyal audience. Yeah. That's and it's, I, it's a steady, loyal uh, to to get those kind of numbers on a Saturday night. Um, are are not easy to do. Yeah, and you're up against the you're up against the NXT pay per view, which had McAfee and Cole, you know, and, and a lot of other big matches on it. And you're up against you know everything else on a Saturday night. Still pull a strong number. I don't think you can complain about that if you're AEW. I, I think, think I saw an article that said uh, the new executives at uh, at um, TNT were thrilled. I mean, look, that I mean, look. There's no secret. There's a lot of turnover at TNT right now. Uh, the guy that the, the big one, I think his name was Kevin something. Uh, they brought AEW to TNT, and now uh, he's gone from from TNT completely. So it's kind of up in the air their 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 future with the with the uh, channel. But I, I think they'll be okay for now. I mean, th- these are strong numbers, so I, I don't think they have anything to worry about as of right now. So um, Warner Media owns TNT. That's right. So there's some. It's, uh, there's some shakeup at Warner Media. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's kind of like whenever WCW would run on TNT, and then Time Warner came in and and bought them. So, yes. Um, but yeah, so this is uh, another uh, another interesting thing about this episode of Dynamite that just took place. Uh, they allowed fans in the building. 10 to 15%. They said there was about 500 people there on the night. Me and Jay both commented. It really made a difference. I think it was a uh, huge difference. Yeah. I think it was, look, it, it's been long awaited um, having, 
having fans in a wrestling event again, and here we are. So it's really exciting to see that. And the reaction some of the wrestlers got was really, really interesting. Uh, John Moxley got a huge pop. A lot of the other guys, you know, the fans were really into it. It's really cool to see we're back in that spot now um, when the coronavirus obviously have taken us all out of it for the longest time. So, Jay, uh, I mean, you, you've kind of already – You've kind of already said it, but did you notice a difference with the fans there tonight? Huge difference. And I mean, I've said it time and time again, AEW has done the best job possible when it comes to pumping in crowd noise, uh, creating an environment with wrestlers sitting around uh, ringside. That's been a really great environment, but it's like, there have been some things that have been missing. Like uh, for example, uh, in MJF's promo tonight, he was getting audibly booed. And you could, you could actually hear, um, you could actually hear them booing him and, uh, he was able to feed off of that, which was really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really played I, to I the forgot crowd. how much the young bucks feed off of the energy of the crowd. So when the, they, they get a pop from the young bucks after doing their gymnastics, um, it, it, it's noticeable after doing their gymnastics, Jay, a, a noted young bucks hater. Um, certified hater of the Young Bucks. And speaking of the Young Bucks, first we're going to talk about no Excalibur again this week. They said he was actually going to be on Dynamite this week, not Jericho sitting in with Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross on the night. Um, Excalibur did call AEW dark, though, uh, which I think is kind of a slow way to kind of bring him back in. Um, me and Jay both agree. I feel like the, the penalty should be a little stricter for something like that. Uh, it seems like they're going to bring him up sooner rather than later though. And they still haven't mentioned anything. Yeah. They just, they've just buried this. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what they're trying to do, but they're really just trying to, you know, put a squash on it. So not in love with it. Oh, absolutely not. But, uh, we start the night tag team gauntlet, uh, the young bucks against Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall, who are already in the ring. Um, they go kind of back and forth here. Um, obviously Dustin hits the Canadian destroyer, which as soon as he did, um, I, I was, I, I don't know. I just don't know how I feel about dudes using that all the time. Um, Dustin had some power slams early that were a little sloppy. You know, uh, me and Jay both commented. It, it just it just seems like this match was moving. This particular one was moving a thousand miles an hour, and uh, just didn't really seem to to catch any steam. Um, I mean, they they went back and forth. Uh, QT hits a hits a neck breaker for a two count, but obviously uh, Matt kicks out, and then towards the end um, they hit the double knee and the young bucks pick up the win, uh, after about six minutes or so. So what was your first initial thoughts on the opening tag team match in the gauntlet? So I've been a huge fan of their quick starts. Everybody's in the ring. Uh, you know, broadcast comes in, you ring the bell. We have the first match. Yeah. This felt, this felt rushed. Yeah. Oh. Um, this was this was the first time that it's felt rushed, mm-hmm. and they then they've rushed through the whole all six minutes of that match was rushed through. Yeah, the only person who hit any kind of like wrestling moves was uh, was Dustin, and I don't think that comes as a shock to anybody. Um, I, yeah, it just felt it felt rushed. Um, Dustin intentionally slowed the match down. I appreciated that. Um, the Young Bucks did a gymnastics routine <laughs> later on, but like this took place primarily in the ring, which I was a fan of. Um, yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, I like that. yeah, I wouldn't rank it too high. I mean, it was, it was fine for what it was. I agree with you on a lot of those criticisms. I feel like from the opening bell, it just felt rushed the whole way through. It felt like there was no real rhythm to it. You know, I don't know if that's the fault of uh, just the Young Bucks going a million miles an hour and maybe Dustin and QT can't keep up with that. Uh, it's very interesting to see. Um, obviously, we all thought we were going to get, oh, this is it. This is going to be FTR against the Young Bucks. And here, you know, with the Young Bucks picking up the win, we thought we were going to get it. Best friends are out next uh, for the next match in the tag team gauntlet, the Young Bucks and the best friends. Um, the best friends getting a reaction from the crowd again. Uh, it's just, it's kind of nice to see people back uh, in the yeah. buildings. Um, I mean, a lot of back and forth here again. Uh, sp- uh, Trent hits a spear on the outside of the ring, which was kind of nice. Uh, there's Whoa. a lot. There's a lot of working on the outside. Um, Trent goes to the top rope. Uh, Chick, you know, and and Chuck, they just keep going back and forth the whole time. Uh, Matt sets up for a power driver, but uh, Trent gets out of it, and then eventually, um, you know, they just keep going back and forth and back and forth. Trent. The beautiful, so um, Matt starts doing the Northern Lights suplex. Trent actually uh, reverses it into a Tornado DDT. Beautiful spot there. Um, But then towards the end of the match, Jay, something interesting happens. Obviously, the best friends hug in the middle of the ring. Uh, That was the first time uh, they had done that on the night. And then towards the end of, you know, towards the end of the match, uh, Trent is going for a move, and one of the, one of the uh, and he goes to pin. I believe it was Nick. Matt tries to get in the ring. I don't know, nobody knew who the legal man was yeah, in this match. Who, who, who friggin' knows at this point? But uh, and he tries to get in the ring to break it up. And who is there to stop him? But Hangman Adam Page. My man, Hangman Page came out on some cowboy shit. That's what I. Yeah, absolutely. The Bucks and, come out, try to hit the Meltzer driver, uh-huh. and Hangman comes out, grabs one of the Bucks' ankles. I I don't remember which one it was. Grabbed his ankle. Uh, prevents the Meltzer driver from happening, yep. and uh, Trent hits him with the da- the most dangerous move in all of professional wrestling, the uh, the surprise roll up. Oh God, not the surprise roll up. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I think this match was exponentially better than the first one. Uh, I think best friends are getting they're getting a lot better in the ring, and it really feels like. Um, Chuck Taylor's, you know, he's the one of the team I don't really care too much for, but Trent is a superstar in the making. I think he could be a great, uh, higher level mid card guy, but right now in the best friends, it's servicing him. Well, I kind of like how they're distancing a little bit from Orange Cassidy to give him some room to breathe as he mm-hmm. ramps up for his match against Chris Jericho at All Out. But uh, for the most part, I think the second match was a little bit better than the first one. Um, what says you, Jay? It was a little better. Um, still did not have much of a rhythm. It still felt like it was happening at 100 miles an hour. It still felt sloppy. Um, and I, I think if they slowed it down, um, if they slowed it down, maybe it wouldn't be so sloppy. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll like, I, in, in my real life, I am an amateur wrestling coach, and we teach kids to go slow so that when they are hitting – so that when they're hitting moves in, in the real world, um, that the things look perfect, things look crisp. Yeah. Um, and that's like the young bucks could benefit from that. They just need to go a little slower. Yeah. I mean, that's, and you're right. Um, it's, I don't know. Like it's one of those things where it's like, I wish the young bucks had a different pace rather than just a million miles an hour. 
Like it's they just have like one speed. Yeah, and it's just like it makes their matches feel. It just makes their matches feel um, the same. It makes them feel repetitive. Like it's you're getting the same thing. You know what you're getting in a young bucks match, and you're getting a gymnastics routine. Absolutely, you are. And so, like I hate saying that too, because I'm actually not as hard on the young bucks as some other guys are. You know, including you, Jay. Like I know that you have been outspoken on them, and I and and I get it. But but at the same I time, I want to like the young bucks. Yeah, I they do have, too. They have charisma. I want to like them. I just can't. You just you, you can't do it, man. Like you just you try they're so not, hard. They're not checking any of my boxes. Okay. Well, I mean, like, look, uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, the difference between AEW and NXT right now is obviously the tag team division, um, and. and they're they're putting they're putting a lot of emphasis on it, and we're about to find out in this third match as FTR makes their way to the ring. Now I can tell you I can tell you something about this match. This is not like a million mile an hour type of match. No. Uh, FTR slows things down a lot. Um, they get they start attacking uh, the best friends actually when they're in picture in picture uh, right before the bell rings. Um, Dax, which I thought was silly. Yeah, like they like they they attacked them like like a second after they went to picture in picture. Exactly. So if you're not interested, like you have no idea what's happening. Like, I think that's a, I think that's a miss by the production team. I think the production team went to picture in picture five seconds too soon. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you're, I don't think you're wrong in that assessment. Um, they start working on the leg of Chuck Taylor, put him in the tree of woe and just start really beating the crap out of his knee. Um, you know, cash, throws Chuck to the outside, and he drops a leg on the apron. You know, this is a lot of back and forth here. For for a lot of it, FTR dominated this last match. Like, yeah. they they were in control for most of it. Um, you know, and then as they get to the end, uh, Dax drops Chuck, and he hits the knee again, and then Trent tries to fight out, but it's to no avail. Um, Trent hits a right hand, and then Chuck dives in for a tag. But Cash go ahead and pulls him off, suplexes him to the outside. Chuck pulls, <laughs> Chuck pulls on the hair of Cash, which is kind of weird. And then uh, there it is for the chop block. And then right there, he puts him in the, he puts him in like an Indian deathlock type of thing. And then he taps out, which was kind of an underwhelming ending for me. Uh, what about you, Jay? I one of I had a I had a criticism about this match, which was surprising for FTR to screw up a, a tag team rule uh dax uh or uh yeah i believe it's dax harwood tagged cash wheeler at some point um and trent rolled him up and rick knox i believe was officiating this match mm-hmm. he did he did nothing he like he looked at him he's like sorry you're not the legal man i saw him tag and uh he like trent keeps him there for a good five six seven eight seconds before rick gives a one count Oh. Uh, and so and so we're just like what what happened it is who's the legal man here because rick knox you're you're giving us competing uh competing ideas here on on what the <laughs> what's actually going on and so i cash gets tagged in later and he's in for i think he's in the ring for like five seconds yeah before he tags back out like um, i I don't understand it. That that was a botch of all botches, brother. Very disjointed for for FTR, and I I don't know what the issue was there. Yeah, I um, mean, very so. disjointed, f- fairly disappointing for a team that preaches the rules like uh, FTR. But one of the things I did appreciate about this match, in true heel fashion, 
cash wheelers on the outside. I think it's cash. I, I can't tell them apart yet. Um, the one with hair. Um, <laughs> we'll go with that. He's taunting. Uh, he's taunting Trent on the outside as he's uh, as he's in the submission hold, saying, "Yeah, yeah, come, come, grab the rope. Yeah, come, grab the rope. I bet you can't." He's just waiting to like smack his fingers away, and uh, it, Trent eventually, uh, like we've uh, said already, taps match ends, and uh, FTR are headed to all out to face Page and Omega. Very excited about that, and I think we've. I think. Uh, we called that match on some level, but I'm I'm excited about that match, and I'm excited that they're saving FTR versus the Young Bucks for a different day. Yeah, um, obviously we're gonna have our uh, we're gonna have our all out uh, predictions next week, uh, but but I mean like I f- I really love. Um, what they're doing with Hangman Page right now. Um, we talked about it last week. You know, is he forming? Are they forming a, a four horseman type stable with him and FTR? I mean, we're, we're going to find out. I think that I think Hangman Adam Page out of anybody, you know, MJF and everybody in the company. I think Hangman Adam Page is the one that has money written all over him absolutely i think he's going to be a star a big star and i think it starts at uh saturday september 5th at all out so uh next we have lance archer charging down to the ring to take on sean maluda who's making his aw debut sean maluda who's uh alpha and sika's actually nephew i think he's he's connected to roman reign somehow so uh, that's all you need to know about that. Obviously, Lance Archer wins uh, in in just pulverizing fashion. Um, he beats him up for a while, and then he hits a choke slam. But uh, he hits pulls a choke slam, the but hair. he pulls Won't him up. The three count. Yeah, but then he Last puts him week, up. I was critical about AEW's use of the choke slam. I take it back when Lance Archer hit just an absolute pulverizer Dude, he, of a choke slam. He looked like he choke slammed through the friggin' ring. He was um, like eight feet off the ground. Yeah, it was wild. And then uh he choke slam from hell. Yeah, absolutely. And then Lance puts him on the top rope and then beats him after the black holes blackout slam. There isn't much to talk about in this one goes about two minutes. Um, you know, it is what it is. You you're it was you're, fine. It was yeah. a Lance Archer match. He still hasn't beaten anyone he's supposed to beat yet. Yeah. Well, I mean it's a typical it's a typical match where you're you're reintroducing him into the fold and you want him to look really strong. So you just have him, you just have him go over in dominant fashion. And that's what happened here. Um, Lance Archer and Jake Roberts stay in the ring. Uh, they cut a promo. They talk about the casino Royale battle Royal coming up at, uh, all out on Saturday, September 5th. Um, they said only one man walk out and it better damn be sure Lance. Um, he said he's been waiting this whole time to wipe the blemish and the loss of Cody off of his record. You know, time will tell if Lance Archer can win that time will tell. Uh, but who comes out? Absolutely. Lance? It's, it's your boy. It is your boy. Ugly sideburns Inc. Yes. It is team Taz. It is Brian cage. It is Ricky Starks. It is, it is big cave. The rock circa 99. You, you're right. Um, great value rock. If you haven't seen Ricky Stark yet, look at his outfit today, tonight. What happened tonight? A Thursday night dynamite. And tell us that that's not the rock in full regalia. That is rock regalia. If I've ever seen it, he's um, wearing the little slippies without socks. And then thank God, Darby Allen comes to the ring and starts beating the actual shit out of 
Ricky Starks, oh, yeah. very funny. He loses his slippies in the ring, oh, yeah. uh, chases him out. And then we just have Brian Cage and Lance Archer, the two ugliest men in AEW, having a stare off, which doesn't make sense actually to me because both of them are heels. I would like to see both of them go at each other because they're both so freaking huge. And that would just be very fun to see a nice slow paced match uh, between the two of them. But, and I don't know, maybe it sucks. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen, I haven't seen enough of either of them to really be able to tell how well they can wrestle because they're both just wrestling enhancement talent. Yeah, you're right. And it's hard to gauge. It's hard to gauge like how well they would do against each other and things like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's important to keep in mind that Brian Cage is your FTW World Heavyweight Champion. It's so, so. it's so worthless. It means literally nothing. You he, know, if you're def- it means nothing if you defend it on dark. It means nothing if the title was just handed to you by your manager. Um, it's important to note that Taz and Jake Roberts both cut good promos here. Um, they did Taz level Jake. Uh, Jake Roberts level work. Um, they were ultimately, they were fine, but um, they know exactly what they're doing on the microphone. And um, it gave us a nice build towards all out, but like, it, I don't know if it makes sense for both of them to be in there um, trying to fight each other as both of them are heels. Um, I think it's just like a, who can have the worst attitude contest, um, which is eye rollable, but um, eye rollable. Yeah, I got you. Um, But next, we do have the contract signing between uh, John Moxley and MJF. MJF slowly making his way out to the ring, neck brace and walker in tow. He's got the walker. He's 23 years old coming down to the ring with a freaking walker. Well, look, the paradigm shift really did a number on him. But uh, <laughs> a number he, on him. It was. It was. I thought it was funny. He well, he cuts a promo on one of his. Uh, you know, one of his bodyguards, you know, saying, hey, are you laughing at me? Do you think it's funny? The guy says, obviously, no. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he heads to the ring. It is contract signing time. Anyone that's been a wrestling fan for longer than five minutes knows how these typically end. Somebody's getting put through a table. So, uh, but they come out, and uh, you know what? Me and you were kind of... Uh, so, John Moxley, again, you know, and I've said it in the archives. If you if you haven't checked it out yet, please do. And I've said it in the archives multiple times. Moxley does not move the needle for me. I try. I get I get his whole thing, man. I, I get it. You know, he's the champion. He was just ranked number one in Pro Wrestling Illustrated, top 500. He's number one. Uh, do I think that he is um, – do I think that he's number one in the world? Probably not. But, you know – it all comes to, there. There's a lot of things to judge that by. Uh, I I think that his AEW title run and Jay, you know, you can stop me if you think I'm out of turn here. I think his title run has been kind of underwhelming, to say you know. I what? How do you feel about it? I think that his title run has only been underwhelming because of a global pandemic. I think he's in full arenas like life is like normal life pre COVID. I think John Moxley's title run perhaps looks different because he's so over with the fans mm, yeah. and like, and you hear, you hear it, his music hits and that got probably the biggest pop out of the night. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong with that. Uh, he does get some crowd reaction and, and, and damn it. If, if that's what they're going to do, then you might as well go all for it. I don't know if he, 
like, I don't know if I think he's the best in the world. I don't know who I would put as the best in the world. Um, but I don't know if I would put John, I don't know if John Moxley would be the first one that comes to my mind when I, when I think about, uh, PWI's top 500 wrestlers. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm kind of there with you, you know, again, it's just, it, it's all down to, to personal. I, like I would put him in the top 10. I would maybe even like top 20 for sure. Yeah. But I, I don't know if I would give him the number one spot. I'd probably put him in the top 10. That's probably a good spot. But number one, that's a, that's a big, that's a big uh, reach there. Uh, yeah. They, they both have the mic and they talk about the paradigm shift being banned and all out. MJF signs a contract and then he tells Moxley it's his turn, you know, and he talks about, he talks about the same thing that we preface this. Uh, we've seen a million contract signings in pro wrestling. We all know it's going to go down. It's going to end in physicality. But MJF says uh, he would love nothing more than to slap Moxie in the face. But obviously he's in no condition to do that tonight. MJF tells Moxley that he has, he has to appreciate if they practice social distancing, kind of like his hairline. Great line. Great line right there. Um, it wasn't as good as the line of the night for me, which came from John Moxley in reference to uh, uh, his uh, to MJF's lawyer. He called him a dickwad. Yes, he did. He said, take a seat, dickwad. Um, so I'm big, big fan of that. Um, and then, you know, Moxley here, you know, Mar- Moxley was sharp on the mic as well. Um, he, you know, he, he, they traded some jabs, you know, they talked about, they talked about when Tyson was there, MJF mentioned that he said he wouldn't want to see John Moxley in a, in a dark alley and, and, and he's right, you know, and MJF talks about being a pro wrestling prodigy. He says that on September 5th, he's going to take out Moxley precisely. He's going to look to at various ways to take him out. And then he talks about the guys that John Moxley idolized growing up. The guys like the Sandman, New Jack, Onita, you know, um, he even mentioned John Zandig, who used to be the owner of combat zone wrestling. And then, but MJF grew up studying guys like Ernie Ladd, the Blanchards, and he just has too high of a wrestling IQ to play Moxley's games. I mean, right here, this is, this is textbook heel work and I loved every second of it. This is yeah. textbook. This is how this is like how you become a wrestling heel 101. If I was a wrestling school and I was trying to teach kids how to cut a heel promo, I would obviously have this one, right? Yeah. I mean th- this, this was is very good. I think and the this, whole segment was really good. The whole yeah. segment was great cutting back and forth between the two of them. Um it w- it was very good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then Moxie comes back with on September 5th. It doesn't matter if he's the paradigm shift or not. MJF is a dead man. Um, and then he signs a contract, but apparently they didn't read page 17, even though what the contract. What happened on page 17, Lance? Well, the, the contract originally only had 16 pages. He said they didn't read page 17. He, he criticizes MJF's lawyer for not reading it first, which can you blame him? And uh, page 17 states that John Moxley will face MJF's lawyer next week on Dynamite as a warm-up match for their showdown at All Out. Jay, when you hear something like that, are you excited about that match next week? Uh, like it's it's fun. It's fun to see. Um, it's fun to see the heels get beat up on. Um, we'll go you know, with like fun. As, as good as as good as MJF is at at being a heel. It's fun to watch a heel get. Um, 
it's fun to watch a heel get knocked down a peg as a uh as a fan it's always fun to see that um it's i i am not expecting this to be uh a really great match and he said you know the paradigm shift is is legal in this match so obviously spoiler alert uh the finish will involve at least one maybe two paradigm shifts um But like it, it's a fun break from the eight man tag matches that they can't seem to not have in every episode. Oh yeah, and there's one even at all out which we're gonna we'll get mm. to obviously. So when are they gonna make a eight man tag championship so that they can justify continuing to do this? It's uh, it's so frustrating. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about next week's match against uh, John Moxley and the Goofy Lawyer and the Goofy Lawyer who you watch is gonna end up. It's either going to be a squash or it's going to be like a 10 minute, like passable match. Uh, I'm praying for squash. Yeah, me too. Uh, next, we have Santana and Ortiz cutting a promo uh, before they make their way out to the ring. This they, is very confusing. Yeah, I don't, you know, they're, they are obviously tagging up with uh, the Lucha brothers here and they are all. So uh, my question is, is, is Santana Ortiz in the inner circle or are they in this new group? With, no, that wasn't Santana Ortiz. That was Butcher and Blade. Oh, with Butcher and Blade. They they cut the they cut the promo on uh, Trent's mom. That's um, right. That's right. I got confused. Yeah, there. I got confused. Oh, I'm. Do you want us to apologize? Oh, I'm so sorry that your mom wasn't in the van. Kind of a goofy line. Yeah. Um, I wasn't big on the promo. It's not seeming like it's leading towards all out. Um. So we just don't know what it's leading towards. Just yeah. a whole bunch of nonsense. I, I do I do apologize. That was my fault. It is butchering the blade, not Santana and Ortiz. But uh, Eddie Kingston does cut a little promo. He's with his squad of Butcher and Blade and the Lucha Brothers and him, obviously. They said they it's all about the championships, and he's here to show everyone um, it's, it's their time. So they get into the ring, and it is, of course, this time – this this is the time of the night where it's Silky J. Johnson's favorite time, an eight-man tag team match. The Butcher and the Blade <sighs> and the Lucha Brothers take on... How many times do we have to see them in the same freaking Look. eight-man tag matches? It's so incredibly frustrating. I've seen this. Give me something else. You know what isn't frustrating? Our boy, a great friend of the show, Griff Garrison, is in this eight-man <laughs> tag match. The Butcher of the Blade and the Lucha Brothers take on our boy, Griff Garrison, Sonny Kiss, the bad boy Joey Janela, and, of course, the incomparable Brian Pillman Jr. You know who uh, the best part of this match was? Sonny Kiss. I mean, obviously. Uh, Sonny Kiss was the best part of this match. Absolutely. Um, they get in the ring and, they, see, that's my that's my gripe. Like, I like the Lucha Brothers. I do. But they are just like the Young Bucks. It's a million miles an hour the whole time. All right. Uh, Griff Garrison gets in the ring early, gets destroyed, gets thrown out of the ring. Goodbye, Griff. R.I.P. You know? Look, he did hit a big boot, though. He got some offense in. We're not going to we're not gonna totally dog it in. Um, obviously, Sun, but you're right. Sonny Kiss comes in. He, you know, he hits a kick to the face. And then he's just he's just off to the races, you know. He's taking out all four, all four guys here, you know. It's just a strong showing for Sonny Kiss here. Um, I just think that, uh, but then but then all the momentum this match built up, they went to picture in picture. I, I feel like it killed it. It just mm-hmm. killed it. Ki- I hate that picture in picture. Whoever came up with that idea, like it just it doesn't matter. We're not watching. Just go to a regular commercial. 
I'm not watching what's going on in the ring. I'm like getting a soda or something, you know? Like, I'm not yeah. watching the picture in picture. No, I got made a sandwich during picture in picture. That's what I'm saying. So it's just like, uh, obviously, well, Joey, Janelle, or Joey Janela gets in the ring. He gets some offense into, takes out. He hits a Death Valley driver on the apron. Yes, One of does. several moves that took place on the apron tonight. Yes, he did. And and you know what? Uh, that, that was a cooler one of the night, obviously. Um Pentagon Jr. hits a package power driver on the friggin' apron, oh, which looked oh. like it just destroyed. Uh, I don't even remember who he gave it to, but he, it looked he, like he hit it on he hit it on uh, Janela. Oh, did he? So Janela, yeah. yeah. So Janela hits the uh, hits the Death Valley driver, and then immediately takes the package pile driver. And I was I was concerned that this was the part of the match where everybody gets their spot in, and they were all going to do it on the apron. Thank God I was wrong. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how this ended, but I remember that. Uh, the Lucha Bros and Butcher and Blade won. Yeah, there was um, a double and, team. Uh, oh, that's right. Brian Pillman Jr. got bored on the outside. Of the yeah. ring. I believe Sonny Kiss was the legal man. <laughs> and uh, Brian Pillman Jr. just got super bored and decided he was going to springboard into the ring. Got his ass beat super quickly. And, and then uh, got pinned. <laughs> got not pinned. even the like, legal he, guy. He, not, not even the legal man. Not like, even. <laughs> like, you've got to be like, you've got to be better than this. You've got to know better than this. Like, he just walked in the ring and just totally got pinned. Wasn't even the legal man. Like he wasn't even the legal man. Why do like, they have referees? Why do they have referees? in <laughs> what AEW? Just, What's the use? What the what, hell is the what, use? What's the use of having a referee in this stupid eight man tag match when the rules don't matter. And apparently no, nothing matters. Oh. Nothing matters in an eight-man tag match. The only like, thing that matters is getting as many people TV time as possible, and as many people hitting their stupid spots as possible, and as many people doing their goddamn gymnastics. I don't have time for a gymnastics routine at this hour. I have time to watch professional wrestling. I feel it, <sighs> yes. <laughs> now that you're so done, done with that. <laughs> now that you know how I really feel. Yeah. I'm Eddie just King- so over the eight-man tag match, man. Eddie Kingston gets in the ring. Uh, he says that all five of them will be in the casino battle Royal and one of them will win. I mean, just pull Eddie Kingston was the only thing that was redeemable about this. Eddie Kingston is money. Uh, I'm very excited about seeing him more going forward. Yep. Uh, it is another one of Silky's favorite segments of the night. It is the dark order segment. They come out to the ring. Evil Uno's got the mic. Uh, the, the, the rest of them are carrying a coffin, uh, Uno says the Dark Order has been on cloud nine since last Saturday. Obviously, last Saturday, Brody Lee, the 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 leader of the Dark Order, won the TNT title, and they just ran roughshod all over Cody um, and just left him laying. Uh, Evil Uno talks about how he's never been happy. Stu went out of his way and purchased two cars on the Dream List. How was, is Stu getting this money? You know, I it's Stu dark- didn't win the championship, and what does Brody Lee spend his money on? six lawnmowers and then nobody gave us any reason why is there some kind of goofy skit happening outside of aew on dark or on being the elite that i missed i i saw something about chilies uh uh, they spent a ton of money at chilies uh which is hilarious because i feel like the dark order really has less in common with chilies and has more in common with applebee's um the dark order is the applebee's of wrestling yeah, I I'll I mean two it. for two for twenty two all night. Uh you, you just get that discount. I mean they're middle you of want the sad microwavable food that you don't want to eat at home, go to Applebee's. Yeah, you two want for sad 22. microwavable matches, watch the dark order and all their little jobbers. Oh yeah. Uh they open the coffin, it is ten. He's got a nightmare tattoo on his neck. 
Uh, he gets out. He gets out. He gets into the ring and then tosses the Cody jacket. You know, just just standard stuff here. Um, Brody Lee, you know, talks. He he. Tony Schiavone's in the ring trying to interview him, and he's just bullying him. Obviously, um, they start chanting "Cody sucks," which is the Dark you know, Order does. Yes, they do. The Dark Order, not the fans. There, uh, Lee says there's a lot of symbolism. They buried the Nightmare Family, and there's not a soul that can stand up to him. The open challenge is over. And there's no more TV time for these so-called indie wrestlers. And Cody will never get his title back. The Dark Order starts chanting, you deserve it. Just weird stuff, one man. Of the, one of the, I can't remember which one of them was, uh, got really excited, grabbed the mic and talked about how he was so excited about Brody Lee's win. And Brody Lee absolutely knocked his block off. And uh, I that got a pop out of me is the greatest thing I've ever seen the Dark Order do. <laughs> uh, and then like everybody and their mom comes out at random times. We have uh, Dustin Rhodes, QT Marshall, uh, Scorpio Sky, and eventually Matt Cardona. Uh, all of them come out like two minutes between each other. Yeah, I mean, that's standard wrestling stuff. Just waiting for everyone to come out, you know? Just so silly. But uh, And then it is uh, official at All Out. It will be these four guys against four members of the Dark Order. So give me a break. Defend the defend the TNT title on the pay per view. Yeah, Man. I mean, that's... you've already made the you've buried the pay per view by putting it on Brody Lee. <laughs> or you've buried the belt by putting it on Brody Lee. You might as well. There's only one way to go from here, and that is up. Yeah, uh-huh. I got you. Um, and then we kind of get into what me and Jay both agree is probably the segment of the night. Uh, you got Adam Page in a bar. He's drinking, obviously, because that's what you do in a bar. Uh, the Young Bucks confront him. They say that uh, you know maybe they he didn't really have their back like they thought. He they take the whiskey out of his hand, throw it in his face, and kick him out of the elite. Big news With here. Tears in their eyes. Big yes. Crocodile tears. Yes, and and that's big news. I mean, Adam Page came in as part of the elite. The Young Bucks, you know, and. I don't know. Like, if I could take one thing away from this is the Young Bucks are the Young Bucks are very average on the stick. They're very average at cutting promos. But like mm-hmm. Adam Page just made the made the whole segment just really I mean, just really work. And the end of the segment, I think, is what completely makes it. So the Young Bucks after their then they legitimately sounded like they were on the verge of tears. So it was definitely believable. Yeah. Um it was a it was a fine promo. Yeah. Um but um, what made this was they slammed the door after kicking him out of the elite. They slammed the door, glass is shattered, uh, the, the, the mirror on the door is shattered, and uh, Paige is looking at a broken version of himself, um, is, is forced to stare at the broken man that he is in the mirror. And uh, it was great imagery. Uh, I, re- I liked it. Yeah, um, I was a big yeah. fan. I was a big fan of this segment. I think that it's something that uh, they can build on. I think obviously it all out. I think something's going to come to a head there. Uh, whether yeah. the Young Bucks cost them the titles or whatever, I think it's uh, I think it's inevitable something's probably going to happen at all out. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, are you so excited for the eight-man tag match that's going to happen between Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and uh, FTR and Hangman and a mystery guest on each side? I mean, I just can't. I'm just shaking with excitement right now. I'm so ready. That's the, <laughs> the only time an eight-man tag match will sound enticing to me is when uh, they get this uh, 
FTR Adam Page thing off the ground. Yep. Oh gosh, if they if they resurrect the the four horsemen, they're going to be put in so many stupid eight man tag matches. God, it's going to be terrible. <sighs> But you know we can't we can't wallow on that because our girl we can't Brit- we have we have there are more things to talk about absolutely from and and Britt Baker was out next uh, she wheels herself out she's flanked by Rebel and Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian of course uh, they're going to take on Big Swole in a technically three on one handicap match but really only Rebel and Penelope Ford are in the match uh, before the match begins Britt Baker, Britt Baker says. Uh, if, if Big Swole can survive, she can have Britt Baker wherever she wants with ever, whatever stipulation. Well, spoiler alert, let's fast forward because this match went about three minutes. And uh, Big Swole... It looked went, ugly. It looked ugly. This match was, this match was ugly. Ooh, there was a spot where Jay audibly laughed uh, when <laughs> she picked somebody up on her shoulders and she just slipped off. It was terrible. Oh, it's the beginning of the match. Penelope Ford goes to, to pick I her mean, up in a fireman's carry position and didn't get all of it. And Big Swole just kind of fell off and looked like she actually like hurt herself on yeah, the way down and like, was not expecting looked, to have that happen. It looked terrible. I mean, and then... Reba but, hit the world's worst moonsault off the second rope, which I'm, I'm by the fact that Reba doesn't know how to wrestle because a couple weeks ago it was like she doesn't know how to wrestle and maybe now that she's got her new ring gear, she knows what she's doing. But it it was it was bad. Yeah, just bad This all was around. dark order level bad. Um, So, I mean, look... Uh, Obviously, she gets Britt Baker now. I think that match will be taking place at All Out. I don't think I'm breaking any news there because Britt Baker should be 100% by now, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then we get another Dark Order segment. There's an there's a Evil Uno hands this woman at ringside a Jonas Fuller. The woman at ringside's acting was just, oh, it's pretty bad. Like, it was just, I, I don't know, like... Adding more, this feels like the NWO at this point. You're just adding people into this faction that doesn't really matter, you know? I'll say it again. The Dark Order is the Applebee's of wrestling. <laughs> I'll go with that. Uh, but then we go into our main event. It is a tables match between Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara. The one pet peeve before we even talk about this match, let's, let's fast forward all the way to the middle of it. The, my biggest pet peeve about this match Sammy Guevara gets some color, gets some blood going. Happens during the picture-in-picture. Picture. Oh, that pissed me off so bad. Yeah. Come on, man. You got to show that on the actual feed, man. You got to show that on the feed, bro. Because before they go to commercial, he's fine. When they come back, he's bleeding. Like, I, I just, I yeah. don't understand it. They've um, got to recognize the picture-in-picture. Picture. And I, I do like what they're doing with the uh, like tweet at us with the picture in picture of the first 30 people will win a prize package. I think that's a really cool way to keep people engaged. I just like, we watch this on DVR and uh, there's just no reason for us to watch picture in picture. No, absolutely not. So, and I feel like a, I feel like a great majority of their often or their, um, their uh, audience is probably doing the same. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. Um, obviously they have, these two have very contrasting styles. Sammy Guevara is very high flying, uh, hits a lot of cool moves. Matt, obviously a seasoned veteran, uh, but he, you know, he's not too shabby himself. Probably not as athletic as he was, you know, 15 he years once ago. was. Cause yeah. if you would, if you were to describe Matt Hardy 20 years ago, uh-huh. you would be describing Sammy Guevara 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Guevara hits a lot of knees to the face. They all look great. I mean, they, they everything in this match. I didn't hate anything on this match. Uh, I feel like this every, went too quick. Yeah, this match went too quick. That oh, was my yeah. only criticism. Yeah, uh, Matt Hardy hits a side effect on the apron, which looked uh, that looked cool, um, and then. He hits an elbow onto the table. Uh, Sammy looks under the ring. He grabs a chair and gets in the ring. Uh, Matt blocks him. He puts his head and he puts Sammy Guevara's head in a chair and hits the twist of fate. Oh my that looked, god! That looked that looked, that looked that looked horrifying. I thought that was it. I thought it was over because yeah. he puts him on. He brings a table out that says "deleted" on it. Yep. Matt Hardy unfortunately gets deleted on that table. Yes, Spoiler he does. alert. <laughs> but uh, I thought for sure that that I thought for sure that that was it. Yeah. I was like, I was convinced that because Sammy's been busted open the last two weeks. I was, I thought for sure that Sammy is getting punished for, for that just ungodly chair shot that he had on Matt Hardy a couple weeks ago. Also, why is this a tables match? Like, and I understand both of them have gone through tables recently, but like the thing that started this was a was a ugly chair shot i think you make this a first blood match i think you make this a chair match i think they're uh, gonna wrestle again and all out yeah i think they're gonna have a, a third match and that might be a first blood match if we're being honest because they've both bled in this so i yeah. mean maybe that's the next logical step you know and at uh, first like a first blood match does not seem off does not seem off brand for aew yeah i think that that, like, would that be right sounds in their on wheel. limits yeah i think that that would be you know a good way to kind of set that up. Uh, after the match, Orange Cassidy storms out and just jumps over the announcer table and just starts attacking Chris Jericho. Uh, Jim Ross is criticizing both of them, telling him, "You know, pull, you know, pull it together, you know, blah blah blah." And Jim then, Ross not as nimble as he once was. He looked like a geriatric trying to get out can of I, there. Look on the night, Jr. was the whole announcing was was irking me all night. Um, they couldn't get what they were looking at right. They couldn't get, you know, there was just a lot of fumbling and bumbling around. Um, look, obviously, JR and Tony Schiavone aren't spring chickens anymore. You know, obviously, you know, they have a couple of years underneath of them. But, I mean, again, I'm openly critical of Jim Ross and AEW. Jim Ross is the voice of wrestling to me. He is my childhood. He's my idol, Jay. If we're being honest, he's my idol, man. I've wanted to be a wrestling announcer my whole life. And oh, the gosh, person yeah. that I would, the person that I would mold myself after, would be Jim Ross. Absolutely. But in AEW, it just seems like I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's his lack of interest in the product. I don't know if he just, you know, doesn't give a shit about being there or whatever. I just, I don't know, man. But Jim Ross is not doing it for me right now. And one it's of the things I've respected out. about Jr. is that he's been willing to call a spade a spade. Yeah. With, this, with the knee slapping of the legs and stuff and all the super kicks they do. You know, he's been openly critical of it, and I commend him for that. You're right. He's been, he's been able to kind of compartmentalize that. But, I mean, for me, that was my biggest takeaway from this show was the announcing was very, very middle of the road. You know, I've seen – look, I've seen JR have good nights in AEW. I've seen him, but I've seen him have some rough ones, and, and tonight for me was a rough one. I mean, maybe it's just me listening to the announcing, but – I don't know, man, but uh, but but Jay, uh, as we kind of creep up into All Out, obviously uh, the Go Home Show next week will actually be on a Wednesday night, but NXT will be on Tuesday night, so they're still not going to go head to head. But uh, how excited are you going into All Out right now? I'm hopeful going into All Out, and I keep saying that um, I'm hopeful for more singles matches. 
Yeah. I am hopeful for good quality matches. I'm hopeful for no gymnastics routines. Um, and the Bucks haven't been signed on for anything yet. Just give it a chance and they'll figure out a way. Also, uh, I'd like to note uh, your girl, Brandy, your favorite women's wrestler, Brandy Rhodes. Not, not on, on the show this week. Not on the show. And I was very excited about about she that had an opportunity to be out. The natural nightmares were out. It was usually her, uh, usually her folk, but she was off screen this week. Uh, <laughs> Probably so. recuperating with Cody. Uh, back, back to the matter at hand. I'm hopeful for all out. I'm, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's shaping up to be, at least they're announcing some more matches. It's shaping up to be a pretty strong call, a card all around. Obviously, next week we will review Dynamite, but we will also have. Are all 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 out picks, which uh, should be should be very interesting. But uh, but yeah, I mean that brings us to the end of the show this week. Uh, me and Jay really thank you guys for being here every single week and listening to what we got to say about all elite wrestling. Make sure you check out the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network on Facebook. Give us a like. Let us know what you think of the show. Rate us wherever you're listening to your podcast. Make sure you check out our sponsor, Hold Fast Coffee Company. Check out HoldFastCoffeeCo.com. Use that promo code HEELTURN20 and get 20% off anything in your carts. Um, Jay, you know, I didn't really get a chance to ask you how you felt about bringing a company like Holdfast into the Heel Turn Collective family. How do you feel about having such a strong team behind us right now? I am very excited. Uh, I have never, well, I've never had a drink of their coffee. I trust, uh, I trust that they serve the best coffee in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and that they will ship the best coffee to you nationwide. Uh, their barista of the week for me is Hayden French. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, pop in, say hi, leave him a big tip. Uh, go to holdfastcoffeeco.com or whatever it is. Enter promo code Heel Twenty, Heel Turn Twenty, and uh, support a great business. Yeah, that's the biggest thing that I think uh, gets lost on a lot of people is you're supporting a great small business and it doesn't get any better than that so make sure you please check that out also check out the other shows we have on the radio network uh sundays we do word up or bird up me and our boy jordan dukes talk about all kinds of stuff and then tuesdays the heel turn collective podcast the flagship show of the heel turn collective radio network me and our boy shane riley really just kind of dive into that so with that being said jay uh do you have anything else to say before we get the hell out of here order your coffee from hold fast uh, tell your mom I said hi. Uh, take a shower. Mm. Hang out with your family. Wear a mask. Yes, absolutely. So for Silky J. Johnson, I am Lance Augustine again this week. Another great week of Dynamite. Next week, the go-home show for All Out. So buckle up, kiddos. Until then, we'll see you later. <laughs>